sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of the morning after live here on a Tuesday all across the Sports Grid Network, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I'm the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens. Brooms are out in a big way in the postseason. Last night in the NHL, potentially tonight in game number four in the NBA in Dallas. And that's where we begin here in hour number two. Puck Talk Tuesday with me. Ben, the brooms on the ice last night for the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs, the Tampa Bay Lightning. A 2-0 victory in Game 4 on home ice over their in-state foe in the Florida Panthers. A 2-0 shutout. Andre Vasilevsky, the goaltender, the netminder for Tampa Bay. Stellar, and I mean stellar once again. 49 saves last night in a shutout effort. Again, Tampa Bay has won two consecutive Stanley Cups. This is Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky's excuse me, sixth shutout in his last seven series clinching wins for Tampa Bay. It is his 57th career postseason win. He has allowed one goal or fewer in 28 of his 87 playoff starts. Andre Vasilevsky, as long as he has in net for Tampa Bay, the Lightning have a great chance of winning a third straight Stanley Cup and they advanced to the conference finals in the East for the sixth time in the last eight years the two-time Stanley Cup champs are now the favorites to win the Eastern Conference at minus 140 they have flipped to minus money earlier this week that price growing more in their favor winning last night as a minus 122 home ice favorite Carolina as you can see there the second best price to win the Eastern Conference at plus 160 the Rangers the third out of the three remaining teams in the Eastern Conference at plus 750 Carolina New York game number four tonight not far away from us here in Midtown Manhattan at the world's most famous arena the Mecca Madison Square Garden and the New York Rangers the blue shirts a slight game four home ice favorite at minus 115 it's the Hurricanes with a 2-1 series lead against the New York Rangers in this conference semifinal series in Carolina a minus 315 series outright favorite as we flip it over to the Western Conference the Colorado Avalanche the favorites to win a Stanley Cup the heavy odds on favorites to win a Western Conference title the favorites last night on the road in St. Louis and they take a 3-1 series lead over the St. Louis Blues with a 6-3 victory. Nassim Kadri scores a hat trick last night to lead the Avs to that victory, a minus 160 road favorite. Colorado now minus 4,000 in the series outright price because they head back to Denver tomorrow night for game number five, booked as a minus 240 favorite currently on that money line. And yesterday, this is why we go to the insight of a former odds maker. This is why we call Dave Sherapan our sportsbook conciliary, our advisor. He advised the same in the NBA championship market after Boston won last night in game number four. He said the same thing for the Avs entering last night. The reason so many people looked at Colorado yesterday as a minus 160 odds on favorite to win the West was because you could look at that as a discounted series price for the Western Conference Finals against either of the two teams from Alberta, Calgary, or Edmonton. A win yesterday 
and Colorado takes a 3-1 series lead. Now they're priced to win the West, minus 210, greater than $2. That's why people started diving in already to that price yesterday on the Avalanche. And again, a minus 240 favorite to win game number five and this series against St. Louis tomorrow night back in Denver. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, our second hour of the morning after on this Tuesday. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. Postseason focus right here on TMA. A recap of what happened last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs, setting up tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs as well and in the NBA. The Brooms out in Tampa Bay last night as the Lightning sweep the Panthers. Will the Brooms be out and about tonight in Dallas, Texas? Golden State, a slight road underdog with the opportunity for a four-game sweep over the Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals. A live check of these odds right now. We have not seen any movement really since yesterday afternoon on this number. Maybe should tell you how the odds expect this game to go. It's Dallas as a slight one-point home favorite, according to that point spread, and minus 112 on the money line. But the Warriors are minus 104 on that money line. Also, only eight cents of difference. 215.5 the total. The lowest total we have seen so far of the Western Conference Finals. Two games under, one game over. You can correlate a Dallas Maverick victory at times to the total eight wins in this postseason of their six most recent wins five of those games going under Dallas needs to be better defensively when Luka Doncic has given you 40 plus in two straight games and you have still lost both of those games it must be concerning if you are a Mavericks fan or backer when Golden State scored 109 in game number three and still found a way to win on the road well, it's only because Dallas scored 100 points. So who needs to help beside Luka? Because we know what Luka Doncic can do. Maybe you look at Spencer Dinwiddie. His points prop tonight is 13 and a half for the Dallas Mavericks. He had 23 in game number three. He has gone over 13 and a half in four of the last five games for Dallas under in five straight prior in this postseason, but he will need to go over. Jalen Brunson probably has to go over and Reggie Bullock needs to start scoring again. College football has been a focus here. We go to that next on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 1. 59, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Spiz Grizz network as well. I am Ben Stevens. A tangy Tuesday where a lot of the focus has been on the NBA playoffs, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs as well, going around Major League Baseball, and we will continue to do that here throughout this second hour. But if Kevin Walsh gets tangy about the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, and John Shames comes on and gets tangy about Jason Tatum, where I feel the tangiest, is in college football. As we approach Memorial Day weekend, we are under 100 days away from the start of a new college football season in 2022. 95 to be exact, until week zero gets underway with a couple of big names like Nebraska and Northwestern facing off in Dublin, Ireland. The college football season 
is on the horizon. And throughout these summer months, a lot is going to happen in the landscape of CFB. We have seen drama filled across college football with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, the exchange in the war of words. We have seen transfer portal, NIL discussions, all of that happened here in the last couple of weeks. And a lot is going to continue to change in this new evolution of college football. But for the 2022 campaign, how do the odds stack up right now? Because even where we are right now, on Tuesday, May 24th, the odds paint a picture of how top-heavy and how chalk CFB can often be. It was Alabama's Nick Saban in that war of words with Texas A&M's Jimbo Fisher. And it's Alabama and Nick Saban booked as a rather short favorite right now to win a college football playoff national championship for the fourth time in nine years. When you look at those college football playoff national title odds, plus 200 is the price on Alabama right now. Before a game has even been played, before summer workouts begin in Tuscaloosa and across the country, before we dive into media days and fall camp, Alabama is just 2-1 to one to win a national championship in the 2022 season. The reigning national champs, Georgia, a dollar and a half behind Bama at plus 350. Ohio State at 5-1. to one. Clemson rounds out the top four at 9-1. to one. Those four prices, all three digits, and there's a rather deep drop-off from where Clemson is at plus 900 to where USC finds themselves at 25 to 1, the fifth best price. $16 of difference, in fact, between USC and Clemson. Five more dollars by the time you get to A&M at 30 to 1. So four teams right there, as you see it in the odds board, all with triple digits in their prices and some pretty good distinction in those pieces of value as well. So it would seem to be that even here in the later portion of the month of May, there is a clear top four, a clear distinction among even the best of the best in college football. So as we do often, it's correlating the markets that you see to try to find a path to that value. And when you look at the team win totals for Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State and Clemson, it makes sense why their odds are slightly different than the rest. All four of these teams, a team win total with a number at 10 and a half. But where the juice is tells slightly different stories. Both Bama and UGA, minus 210, two and over. What does that mean? And when you can add in Ohio State in this conversation as well, you might as do that because it's minus 195 to an over for the Buckeyes. What does that mean when you look at those four team win totals? That if you have the juice to the over at nearly $2 or greater than $2, it's 11 wins or bust if you want to make the college football playoff. If you want to be one of the final four, and there is a clear difference in the top four right now based on the odds as we stand here on May 24th. Juice to the over at nearly $2. That means 11 wins at least, if not a perfect unbeaten season at 12-0 throughout the regular campaign for the Tide, for the Dogs, and for the Buckeyes. There's a slight difference with Clemson, as you will see. Their juice is to the under of that 10.5, a 10-2 record. Will that be enough? to get this team, the Clemson Tigers, into the college football playoff. We have seen the CFP now for eight years on the college football landscape as our criteria to decide a national champion. No two-win team 
has ever made it to, excuse me, no two loss team, certainly no two win team, no two loss team has ever made the college football playoff. There was some conversation with Alabama last year that what if they lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game by only a field goal covering as a six, six and a half point underdog? Would a two loss Bama bump a team like Cincinnati or a Oklahoma State at that time? It didn't matter. Alabama won outright booked as a six and a half point underdog in that SEC championship game. So up until this point, eight years of the CFP, no two loss team has ever made it to the college football playoff. But those teams that you see right there, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama have been frequent visitors, frequent participants in the college football playoff. 32 available spots for each year in the eight years we have had a CFP. 25 of 32 spots decided by six schools. These four that you see right here. And you could also add in Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Georgia has been there twice. Each of the two times, Georgia has appeared in the CFP. They have played in the national championship game, winning it last year, the first natty in 40 years for the Georgia Bulldogs. Alabama has reached the college football playoff seven of the eight seasons. We have had the CFP. Clemson, six of the eight. Not last year, but still six of the eight. Ohio State has been there four times. Four of the eight years, we have seen a college football playoff. The Buckeyes have participated. So again, it's all about that path. How does it all stack up? And as you see in these odds to win a conference championship, that's your way to get there. The committee values a conference title. Ohio State has the best odds of any team in any conference right now to win that championship at minus 200 within the Big Ten. A substantial odds-on favored price for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Clemson, the second best price to win its respective conference at minus 140 in the ACC. Again, minus money prices. If they are able to do that, Ohio State and Clemson, you would think that unless it's a really down year in either of those leagues, a conference championship, 11 wins at least for both Ohio State and Clemson, we're probably going to see the Buckeyes and the Tigers in the college football playoff. Now, it gets a little bit more interesting within the SEC because Alabama is the odds-on favorite at minus 115 to win that conference crown, but Georgia not far behind at plus 150. UGA is minus 550 to win the SEC East. Bama is minus 400 to win their division in the SEC West. It would seem that the odds indicate we are destined for a rematch between the Tide and the Dogs in an SEC championship game once again. Maybe both of those teams, as we saw last year, reaching the college football playoff. And it just means more in the Southeastern Conference. We all know that. But then look at what the odds tell us as well. For Alabama and Georgia, Alabama or Georgia versus the field in winning a college football playoff national championship, it's even juice on both sides. Either the Tide or the Dogs versus the field, it's minus 110. Again, it should show you how top-heavy college football can be. That even these two teams right now that will probably rank one and two in the AP preseason poll that we will see in just a few months have as good of shot of winning the college football playoff national championship, those two teams, than the other 128 that play FBS Division I college football at this level. That is astounding when you see the odds right now. And when you add in the big four, those four teams that we mentioned, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, or Clemson, minus 310 
for one of those four programs to win a college football playoff national championship. Yes, it's early. Yes, it's only May. But the odds already tell us there is a distinction between the best of the best in college football. The big four in Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson all trying to be the final four to reach a college football playoff. From the college ranks to the pros, we talk NFL up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A big week in the National Football League is on the horizon. OTAs across the NFL starting to get underway this week. Some players may or may not be there. Does it mean anything? We'll look at what the odds say right now on the morning after on this Tuesday. Live right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased to be joined once again for Megan Payton's NFL POV by... MP Megan Payton here on the show all across the grid get on the grid iron is what we do often with Megan Payton MP OTAs this week across the league we're starting to get near football season where the offseason picks up into training camp not all that far away just about two months away in the NFL What's up, Ben? Thank you for having me on. You are right. We are feeling like it is closer to football. OTAs are fun, too, because we're finally getting to see these new teams work out together. A lot happened during this offseason, so we are seeing some familiar faces and adjusting to some new colors that these players are going to be wearing. But I'm excited because it just means that we are closer to the season beginning. A lot happened during this very hectic, crazy, insane NFL offseason filled with drama and some of the biggest moves we have seen maybe in the last 10 to 15 years in the NFL. It felt very long ago now, early on in the offseason, that Kyler Murray took all of his Instagram photos that featured anything having to do with the Arizona Cardinals off his IG page. It was drama at the time. Kyler's agent releases a letter a couple weeks later, pretty much saying we need to be paid by the Arizona Cardinals front office. Well, not much has happened on the contract end. So as expected, MP, Kyler Murray will not be there for the Cardinals organized team activities, OTAs, this week out in the desert. Is this more cause for concern or did you expect this like Adam Schefter says in this tweet? Ben, Kyler Murray not showing up to voluntary OTAs was expected for two reasons. One, they are voluntary. Two, it's no secret Kyler Murray has been seeking a long-term contract with the Cardinals. And head coach Cliff Kingsbury, he even said, this is how it's set up right now. These are how the rules are. It is voluntary. There are other veterans that are not showing up. Running back James Conner, their new wide receiver, Marquise Brown, not in attendance. So we have to remember, it is early, Ben. This is not training camp. We are not talking about Kyler Murray not showing up in August. It is May. I am not concerned. It's going to work itself out. And Cliff Kingsbury did say that he expects Kyler Murray to be there at mandatory minicamp next month. And that will be the really big test. Mandatory minicamp. Mandatory a lot different than voluntary. So Kyler not there 
for OTAs. Not shocking, not surprising, maybe not damning for his future in the desert as well. But as Kyler Murray goes at the quarterback position, a lot of these odds for Arizona entering 2022 will start to move and shift as well. A team win total for the cards, Megan, at 9.5. The under having heavy juice at minus 160. Here's the intriguing number, in my opinion. To make the playoffs for Arizona is minus 106. Yes, minus money. Great. They're going to be in the postseason according to the odds. But to miss the playoffs is actually slightly better at minus 116. So pretty even on both sides to be one of those wild card teams, MP, in the NFC when we know that positioning for five, six, seven, those seeds within the NFC this year is going to be very hotly up for grabs. Absolutely. I would not bet my money on the Cardinals making it to the playoffs. Ben, I am taking the under on the Cardinals team win totals at nine and a half because the Cardinals have not improved since last season. They were 11 and six in 2021, then losing in wild card weekend. However, they lost wide receiver Christian Kirk. They lost linebacker Chandler Jones. They're not fixing their current issues. And not to mention their star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six games. This is a make it or break it year for head coach Cliff Kingsbury, a lot unknown with quarterback Kyler Murray. They are competing in a very competitive NFC West Super Bowl defending champions, the Los Angeles Rams, a 49ers team that seems to be improving. They've got quarterback Trey Lance making his, you know, starting debut this season. The Cardinals are in a tough situation. I am not putting my money on them to win the playoffs, and I am taking the under on the team win totals of nine and a half. Can a nine and eight team make the postseason in the NFC? We have said often it is a lot easier path to the playoffs in the NFC as compared to the AFC. One of the more fascinating things as we look at these NFC West divisional odds, and we'll get to them in just a moment, is that idea of minus money, Megan, for the playoffs for Arizona. Technically, there's a minus in front of their price, but as we just shared, it's minus 116 to miss, so it's a more likely outcome by 10 cents, it seems, for the Cardinals not to be a playoff team this year around. They were last year in 2021, a dreadful performance for Kyler Murray in that postseason game against the LA Rams, but there are seven teams right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, if you include that minus money price at minus 106 for the Cardinals to make the postseason in minus money within the NFC, the four divisional leaders, and then three teams in the postseason hunt, the Niners, the Eagles, and the Cardinals. And speaking of those Niners and the divisional leaders in the Los Angeles Rams, the NFC West, Megan, we can really throw the Seahawks probably out of this conversation, but <laughs> the NFC West still seems to me to be the most competitive division, certainly in this conference within the NFC. Do you think that still stands the test of time for 2022? I do. The NFC West is the most competitive in that conference right now. AFC is a lot more stacked, you know, conference right now, but I will say the Rams are the strong favorites for me. I like the Rams with the shortest odds at plus 140 to win the NFC West. The N the Rams have won at least 10 games 
four out of the five years they've been with head coach Sean McVay. They've had two Super Bowl appearances, obviously winning last year against the Bengals. They've had some good signings this offseason with all-pro linebacker Bobby Wagner, all-pro wide receiver Allen Robinson. Yes, they did lose linebacker Vaughn Miller. Yes, Andrew Whitworth did retire, but the Rams are in a good situation. They have a you know team win total at 10.5 right now, the third shortest odds to win the NFC. I like the Rams here. I think that the NFC West, though, is still very competitive. Megan, it's so fascinating, right? Because the Rams didn't do anything entirely splashy this offseason like many did from the NFC to the AFC. But they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They made some necessary additions to become a little bit better. Yes, Vaughn was a huge part of winning a Super Bowl for LA, but he wasn't there for the entirety of last year for the Rams throughout the 2021 NFL campaign. You're still getting plus money on them. And I think Trey Lance has a high upside and he's taking all of the starters reps this week at OTAs for San Francisco. And he might be great this year for a team that has so much talent in San Francisco. But when you have that much plus money still on LA, I think there's a lot of value for the Rams in the NFC West. So some quarterback news and notes from around the NFL OTAs this week. Kyler Murray will not be there for voluntary OTAs for Arizona. That was expected. Baker Mayfield will not be there for voluntary OTAs for the (laughs) Cleveland Browns. That was also expected. And the Colts adding a veteran presence, somebody very familiar with their head coach and Nick Foles to their quarterback room yesterday as well. Nick Foles signing a two-year deal with Indianapolis to reunite with Frank Reich, who was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia when Nick Foles led the Eagles and Doug Peterson to a Super Bowl championship just a couple of years ago. Obviously, Matt Ryan is the starter now in Indianapolis, Megan, for the Colts. But what does Nick Foles add in terms of that veteran presence to the locker room? Nick Foles adds you've got a decent quarterback with veteran experience. It's a good security blanket for Matt Ryan. The Colts are trying to figure it out right now. I do believe Matt Ryan was an upgrade for them. And now Nick Foles is a good backup plan. Matt Ryan, almost 40 years old. Injuries could happen. I think Nick Foles was a good move for them. And you're competing in an AFC South that is still developing right now. So I look at the Colts and I say, are they Super Bowl contenders? No, they are not. But right now, they do have a very strong chance to win the AFC South. They had the second most rushing yards in 2021. They did really well in defense relatively. They allowed an average of 21 and a half points, which was ninth in the league. So again, Not Super Bowl contenders yet, Ben, but the AFC South is a developing team and the Colts are headed in the right direction. And that's a great point that Megan brings up right there. And it's a point we have said oftentimes. It's a point that I will remind everybody throughout this offseason into the regular season in the NFL. A divisional winner gets an automatic berth, if you will, into the Mm -hmm. postseason. The AFC West is going to be a gauntlet. The AFC North is going to be very difficult. The AFC East seems to be held by the Buffalo Bills. The AFC South winner has to go. So when you're thinking about postseason teams that could factor into an AFC championship race, are the Colts better than the Bills? No. Are the Colts better than the Chiefs? No. Are the Colts better than many teams in the AFC? Megan, no. But they might be there at least and have an opportunity for an AFC title. That's all you need right now, Ben. We talk about the crazy things that happen in the postseason in the NFL. The Colts need their shot. Right now, they've got to develop. They can't be focusing on, 
you know, the long term, can they make it to the Super Bowl? They've got to win their division. And it is still right. a division that is competitive right now with the Titans, the Jags making a lot of offseason moves. So I like where the Colts stand, but it is not going to be an easy road. The Titans were the favorites to win this division before the A.J. Brown deal. Now it's Indy at minus 105, the slight odds-on favorites to win the AFC South. Megan Payton joining us, as always, on this Tuesday on the morning after. MP, thank you, as always, for your NFL insight. More of the morning after up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're just about two months into this Major League Baseball season. We need some early MLB insight. We're getting to Memorial Day weekend coming up. The summer months build, and that means the focus turns to MLB. We'll get some insight from Burt Murray, the national MLB columnist and insider for Fansided in just a couple of moments. But welcome back to the morning after, live right here on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159 on a Tuesday. I am Ben Stevens. Burt Murray is here with us for that early MLB insight. Again, a national MLB insider and columnist for fansided. Bert, we are glad to have you here on a Tuesday. I know it's getting hot out there in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's starting to feel like we're getting into summer, like it's America's pastime. Like baseball comes to the front and center after we get done with some of the postseason action we have across the rest of the sports landscape. No, absolutely. I'm absolutely stoked for it. As I told your pre-show, it's only like 105 here for like the next five months. So let's get weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's summer. That is summer out there in Arizona. But Bert, so far to begin this Major League Baseball season, the two best win percentages in MLB, two of the biggest brands in all of the game. The Yankees, the best record in the bigs, 29-13, and 13, a .691 win percentage. The second best mark, 28-13 and 13 for the Los Angeles Dodgers, a .683 win percentage for LA it was the Yankees losing yesterday to the Orioles but we'll put that aside for a moment the Dodgers winning 10 to 1 on the road in the nation's capital against the Nationals but both of these teams Bert the two best odds right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook to win a World Series the Dodgers the favorites at plus 450 the Yankees a dollar and a half behind at plus 600 what does it mean for Major League Baseball to have two of the biggest teams in the entire sport be two of the front runners in the early going to win a World Series. Yeah, for me, it's a good thing because it's two of the biggest audiences that are two of the biggest and best teams with the biggest audiences that are as competitive as you can possibly imagine. And you can throw the Mets in there, too. I know they just lost mm. Max Scherzer uh, for two months, so that's, that's a huge blow for them. Uh, but having two of those teams be at the forefront of the, the postseason race this early is only going to attract more interest. And the thing is, is it's just not limited to those two teams. It's There's a lot of competition right now in the bigs. Um, and, like, you have the Astros in there. I think the Blue Jays, I've consistently said on this show, I think they're going to be really good. Um, just It'll take them a little bit. The Angels are really good. They're probably the biggest surprise this year. But the Dodgers and the Yankees, as of right now, will look like the favorites to represent their respective leagues in the World Series. 
it's honestly a good thing for you value backers out there that if the Dodgers and the Yankees are two of the best teams in baseball, even when they struggle, the prices to back them are always a public number. So if you're looking for value, you can find it in many other spots. The Blue Jays, the fifth best odds, Bert, as you saw right there, at 10 to 1 to win this year's World Series. But Toronto has lost nine of their last 14 games. They're just two games above 500 for the preseason AL favorites to win the American League pennant. How do how how does Toronto rather start to turn it around? Yeah, I mean they got to get more contributions throughout their entire roster. I think that is no there's no hiding that. But they're also going to have to make additions at the trade deadline. And I mean in previous years they've been able to do that. Um, and they've actually done a really good job uh, as a front office, replacing players uh, like Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray, who were two key contributors last year. And they ended up getting some different players, but they've gotten actually like more production out of them than they've gotten from or uh, than Ray have, and Simeon have done this year. So I have confidence in their front office to be able to do that. Um, but baseball, especially in this day and age, is a star-driven league, and that's going to mean Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, Bo Bichette. Um, yep. George Springer and a lot of these guys step up and um, as they've proven throughout their careers, they're, they're more than capable of doing that. The reigning World Series champions, the Atlanta Braves, still tied for the sixth best odds to win a World Series once again this year in 2022 at 17 to 1. But Bert, as you well know, Atlanta four games below 500 right now, losing yesterday in their series opener at home against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies also with rather high expectations entering this year, two games below 500, despite a win yesterday on the road in Atlanta. Who has been more disappointing in your mind, Bert, the Phillies or the Braves? I would have to go with the Braves because they're the reigning World Series champions. And as you said, they're below 500 right now. And I don't think anybody in their right mind would have thought that was going to be happening this year. Um, and you have to wonder if it's a case of World Series hangover. Uh, and they ended up losing Freddie Freeman. They lost Jock Peterson. Um, they lost some key players off of that World Series team. And they did not properly replace them. Um, I know Matt Olson was somebody that they really liked. And they targeted even before Freddie Freeman ended up signing with the Dodgers. They like him a lot. And they, they like what they've gotten there. Um, but I would, I would call Braves a bigger disappointment. But with what the Phillies did too, Dave Dombrowski, their president of baseball operations, even went on the record and said, this is not a below 500 team. We should be over 500. And the fact that they're not after signing Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos to mega deals, um, like that, that can't happen. And Joe Girardi's seat is going to get much warmer if it continues throughout the entire year. Um, and I, if that's the case, that conversation is just going to be even higher. But um, I would actually call that the most disappointing division in baseball because uh, I expected that one to be really competitive. And it's been anything but that. I think it's a great point that you bring up right there, Bert, because the Mets right now are a minus money odds on favorite to win the National League East at minus 180. They have an eight game lead over the Phillies, a nine game lead over both Atlanta and Miami. But Bert, as you laid out at the beginning of this segment, the Mets now need to hold on, it seems, until potentially the all-star break shorthanded in their starting rotation without Jacob deGrom and now Max Scherzer and they're missing Tyler McGill on top of all of that can the Mets hold on to this cushion they have built in the National League East without those three great arms in their starting staff 
that's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a huge challenge because McGill was a one of their best pitchers and like throughout the first six weeks of the season, and then all of a sudden he was battling injuries, and, and now he's out. And thankfully for them, they have an eight-game lead in that division, so if they end up losing some some of these games and the other teams catch up, they have that cushion uh, that keeps them like most likely in first place unless things go just horribly, horribly wrong. Um, but to me, the Mets, even though they have that eight-game lead in the division, there's a lot of different ways they can go about improving this team. You can add a starting pitcher. Um, there's going to be some really good ones. Frankie Montas is the best option available. Uh, a big bat in the lineup, too, because their only real power hitter is Pete Alonso. Um, and I've had people speculate that J.D. Martinez of the Red Sox would be a really good fit with them. Um, I don't know if the Red Sox are going to sell just because they started off the season really slow, but they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games, and uh, they appear to be turning it around. But the Mets have been good, but they can get even better. And if that's what they end up doing at the deadline, they're going to be the Dodgers' biggest competition in the NL. The Mets right now, 29-15, and 15, tied with the Yankees for the most wins in total in all of Major League Baseball. Burt Murray, a national MLB insider for Fansided, joining us here on a Tuesday on the morning after. As you can tell, Burt always working those inside sources and the talking points throughout Major League Baseball. Two contenders right now, Burt, in the National League facing off against each other again today in San Diego. Should be a good pitching matchup between Blake Snell, for San Diego and Corbin Burns on the other side for Milwaukee. The Padres walking off last night in extras 3-2 to two to knock off the Brewers. San Diego, Burt, has won four straight games, seven of their last eight. The Padres look to be a formidable foe for the Dodgers in the National League West, but the Brewers should not be discounted either. Will both of these teams, San Diego and Milwaukee, be in contention for an NL pennant all year long? I strongly believe that they will. And I have confidence. I have more confidence in the Brewers being able to do that just because the Padres are in the same division as the Dodgers. But if you look at that Brewers team, they're built on pitching. And they have Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, who I would take. I mean, that's about as good of a one-two punch as you can possibly have. Um, and then you also look in their bullpen. And they have uh, Josh Hader and Devin Williams, which in the eighth and ninth inning, that's a devastating duo. Um, and their offense mm -hmm. should get better. Uh, I would expect them to try to add another player at the deadline. Uh, and them getting Andrew McCutcheon back is a huge boost for them because when he was out with COVID, uh, you could really tell that he was like the missing ingredient on that team. So their offense should be better too. Um, but in that matchup between the Brewers and the Padres tonight, Burns against Blake Snell, that's a very good like early season matchup. I have confidence in Burns and it appears those – those lines do too with the Brewers being minus one and a half. I mean, the under on that looks pretty, pretty enticing, pretty juicy. Uh, just cause I mean, that's six and a half. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, both of those teams should end up being in contention. I would expect both to be in the playoffs, whether or not they're able to knock out the Dodgers or the Mets remains to be seen, but both of them are not going to be an easy out. San Diego, 27 and 13 straight up to begin this year. Only a half game behind the Dodgers right now for the top spot in the National League West. Corbin Burns is the front runner, the favorite right now to win the National League Cy Young on FanDuel Burt at plus 350. As we flip it over to the American League Cy Young race, 
both Kevin Gosman, who has the second best odds on the bump for the Blue Jays today, and Dylan Cease in there in the top five, starting for the Chicago White Sox today. Bert, as you see the AL Cy Young race right now, where do you think the value is on the board? Yeah, I think it's spot on having Justin Verlander at plus 450. I think he's right now the, the strong favorite. The, like, there's two of them that really entice me. And the first one is Dylan Cease at plus 900. He is a player that a lot of these people, like, thought would break out this year. And he's done just that for for uh, the White Sox. And um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he continued this pace and actually is better and is more prominently featured in that conversation later in the year. And then I think I have to go with everybody's favorite, like, most underrated pitcher this year, and that's Nestor Cortez. I, yeah. I mean, I've heard about Nestor Cortez for years um, just because, like, I would talk to Gio Gonzalez when he was with the Brewers and he would tell me about how he's known Nestor Cortez since he was in high school and would mentor him. And he's followed his career and he would always just give updates on what Cortez was doing. And then he's non-tender then joins the Yankees and turns into one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I mean, at plus 1600, those are really good odds. Yeah. It's going to be a long shot, but it gets a little bit of skin in the game. There wouldn't hurt just because, He's just a great story, and he's more than deserving of winning the award, at least so far. And, yeah, it's just, as I said, it's a really cool story. The mustachioed man, especially if the Yankees continue to be at the tops of the American League in a World Series contender. Quickly here, Bert, in the American League MVP race, now Aaron Judge, the second-best odds, hit his 16th and 17th home runs last night. That's an MLB best. Can anybody catch Shohei Otani in this market? Yeah, I'll just quickly here, I'll say Mike Trout. I mean, because he's Mike Trout. I mean, at plus 450, they're not great odds, but, like, I mean, can't go wrong there. And then Byron Buxton, too. He's a very talented guy. He may not be prominently featured because he won't play in every game, but, um, yeah, like, that's that's a very interesting option there. It'll be so fascinating to follow the AL MVP race throughout these summer months. And Burt Murray, a national MLB insider for Fansided, will help us do just that. Burt, thank you so very much for your time. We end out the morning after on this Tuesday with a best bet for NBA postseason action next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We end out this Tuesday edition of the Morning After Live right here on SportsGrid in just a couple of moments. It's been tangy. Here on this Tuesday in Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Spiz Grizz Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. I have a couple of angles to attack for game number four tonight between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. The potential of a sweep in Texas for the Dubs over the Mavs. A 3-0 series lead right now for the Warriors. Some player props to pay attention to. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for an NBA playoff best bet with the brooms on the brink, potentially for the Golden State Warriors in a sweep tonight. It's time for Bye Bye Bye. All right, the official best bet, as it will be known here on a Tuesday on the morning after. Spencer Dinwiddie, 
over 13 and a half points for the Dallas Mavericks. Luka needs help. And if Dallas is going to win one game in this series, they need people like Spencer Dinwiddie to go over their points props. And thankfully for Dallas, Spencer Dinwiddie had 26 points in game number three. He has been over this number in four of the last five games for the Mavericks. And you could take it one other area. In each of those four recent overs for Spencer Dinwiddie, he has hit at least three three-pointers and he has attempted at least seven three-pointers. Spencer Dinwiddie's three-point prop tonight is two and a half and the over has a ton of plus money at plus 142. Again, over this number of 13 and a half for his points props in four straight games, each over he has gone over that three-point prop of two and a half as well. It's plus 142 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Also pay attention to Jordan Poole's points prop. It's at 16 and a half. I would lean the under. In games four and beyond for Golden State in this postseason, Jordan Poole has gone under this number of 16 and a half in all five, only averaging 9.6 points per game. Tons to get to for game four tonight between Golden State and Dallas. Tons to get to tomorrow here live on the morning after on SportsGrid. It starts at 9 a.m. And I'm Ben Stevens.